Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll focus on the federal and provincial budgets. Glendalee Allen Vosser will chat with the Canadian Cattlemen's Association about last week's federal budget announcement. Also, we'll hear from Keystone Agricultural Producers on yesterday's provincial budget. And up first in today's country comments, Manitoba Agriculture Minister Derek Johnson will comment on the provincial budget. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The government of Manitoba announced its 2022 budget yesterday. Here to comment is Manitoba Agriculture Minister Derek Johnson. The highlights uh, for myself and and for farmers, uh, I think a big step forward is a commitment to continue to remove education property tax off uh, off farm that is uh, that's going to be something that will be really really welcomed currently we're at a 25 percent rebate um, uh, 37 and a half is what we're going to this year and we've also committed to go up to 50 percent for the following year and there's also uh, we're going to continue our investment uh, you know in rural Manitoba you've probably seen a lot of investment in our uh, infrastructure our roads um, that'll be a, a $1.5 billion over three years we've committed to. And I think we all realize how important it is for um, uh, producers to get their product to market. And uh, if they uh, have value added and, and as well, you want the smooth, smooth roads to get your, uh, your product there in one piece. I think uh, all of us in rural Manitoba will probably appreciate uh, our continued investments in, in that. I guess there's some young farmers that that uh, have a hard time with accessing childcare as well, and so our our affordable childcare is is going to uh, help them out. I think we all um, we all appreciate when you're working out in the field. It's often hard to have uh, the real young ones with you, and uh, uh, that that'll be important for for a lot of the young farmers. And it's uh, also about safety too. It's it's about uh, um, you know having the the right job for the kids. And if they're too too young to do something safely on the farm, it's probably uh, uh, great if if uh, both parents are participating in the chores. That that's there for families to um, uh, to have access to if they need. Uh, probably another big thing in there uh, is labor shortages that we've been experiencing. They've been a concern, and we're focusing uh, $5 million to attracting newcomers to Manitoba, and that'll benefit uh, uh, everybody, including the agriculture industry. Um, we're continuing our commitment on vehicle registration fee reduction, and that'll commence uh, June 30th, and I think that's uh, it'll be around $45 million that uh, we'll be saving uh, Manitobans, and I think you probably understand that um, uh, a farm usually has a lot more registered vehicles than, you know, the regular household in, um, in Winnipeg, for example. Our venture capital fund is probably another, another huge uh, step forward for Manitoba. It's going to attract venture capital to Manitoba, which will uh, um, it, it will help uh, people if they're, uh, for example, if they want to do some value added to their product, and it'll go towards funding um, innovation and uh, and expansion 
uh, any capital investments in that, you know, there's a, they can have uh, access to something like that. We're going to continue on with the $220,000 to uh, support animal disease diagnostics, and that's to, uh, it's the testing in high traffic areas. Um, so, for example, when you bring a, uh, maybe you go and drop a load of hogs off, we, we have places where you actually need to uh, wash the truck and, well, trailer out, and we test uh, the, the residue that comes out of the uh, trucks to see if there's any, um, any disease like PD or uh, well, hopefully we never get African swine fever here, but, you know, we test, we test for all that for early detection, and uh, it helps us uh, keep a healthy herd in Manitoba. There was one other thing I wanted to touch on, the um, $1.5 million to expand the conservation and um, uh, climate fund. Some of those, uh, I think yeah, the stewards of our, of our land are... Um, I, I sat on a watershed district board um, back in the day when I was on municipal council, and uh, they're, they're pretty much the ones that uh, have their ear to the ground and they know the local areas better than, um, better than anybody else. And uh, so some of, that, uh, some of that money is going to go towards, um, going towards them and some of their programs that they do to make our, uh, our waters, uh, you know, safer. And, and you're familiar with riparian areas and stuff like that. So, you, you know, you plant crops. Uh, perennial crops near the streams, for example, so you don't have um, uh, silting in of the ditches and stuff that goes into the waterways. Uh, you know, it, it keeps the, the fertilizer and, and the particles on the land. So those are some examples of, of the uh, Grow and Conservation Trust. That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Derek Johnson commenting on yesterday's provincial budget announcement. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Keystone Agricultural Producers is welcoming the 2022 budget announcement made yesterday by the province of Manitoba. Here is CAP General Manager Brenna Mahoney. Continuation with the 10-year commitment in the reduction and then removal of uh, the education property tax. So you'll see this year um, it's at 37.5% is the reduction, and the next year it's at a 50% reduction rate. And we're pleased with that. It's it's not the target that we had initially thought was going to happen, but what we're seeing from this budget is there's that commitment to, to keep that going. And we understand because in light of COVID and other impacts, uh, we think that this recovery plan that the that the government has put forward is something that we can we can see progress in that commitment and also recognizing that it's been a challenging year for for everyone with, with COVID, right? And invasive wild pigs continue to be a concern across the prairies. Dr. Ryan Brook with the University of Saskatchewan spoke on the issue last week at Manitoba Pork's annual general meeting. Anytime you have wild pigs, their potential to explode and become out of control is very, very high. They have huge impacts on the ag sector and the environmental sector, even public health. And so we need to be very concerned. The numbers are relatively limited across most of Manitoba. There is a high concentration in the Spruce Woods area that's particularly important, and they can function as what we call a stronghold from which, and we're seeing this, pigs are, are dispersing out of there on a regular basis and spreading. And so that, there is a real concern for sure. Brooks says Saskatchewan has more than half of all the wild pigs found across Canada. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute.
Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, April 13th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler will chat with Canadian Cattlemen's Association about last week's federal budget announcement. The Liberal government released its federal budget last week. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talks with Fawn Jackson, Director of Policy and International Affairs for the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, to get their perspective on the budget and what it will mean for the beef sector. Let's start with your overall thoughts on the federal budget, especially as it relates to agriculture and more so as it relates to the Canadian Cattlemen's Association and the cattle industry. Certainly there was a few pieces that were quite interesting to us and things that we've been asking the government for, uh, you know, which particularly piqued our interest, I would say, were things like uh, investments in supply chain resiliency, uh, climate smart agriculture, labor, and then also generally uh, rural infrastructure. Now, uh, let's let's kind of take that and, and delve into it a, a little deeper and, and talk to us about where you think things can go as a result. Well, certainly over the last uh, number of years, uh, although agriculture has shown an, uh, an amazing amount of resiliency, I think it's also shown that we do have some weaknesses in our supply chains. And so, you know, right up at the front of the budget, actually, you'll find that uh, agriculture is indicated as one of the key uh, areas that this government should invest in, uh, both for jobs as well as for uh, environmental outcomes, and that we're going to need uh, resilient supply chains to be able to do this. So there was around $600 million of the budget that was indicated for that. And I think when we're thinking of infrastructure, you know, $600 million doesn't look like it goes really far. Um, but there have been other previous investments of, of infrastructure around the $4 billion uh, mark. And, and they've uh, indicated that those dollars are really going to now be focused on building these resilient supply chains. So, you know, that's, that's good news for us, uh, especially because we, of course, export 50% of our uh, product or, uh, you know, factors such as floods and wildfires, all these sorts of things really impact Uh, our ability to both get products to our producers, but then for producers to get their products out. So uh, we see that as a very strategic long-term investment and and a sound one that the federal government uh, should continue to uh, invest in. If I move over perhaps a little bit more um, to the labor file, we have this enormous opportunity uh, in front of us with the global market and demand, particularly for uh, Canadian agriculture products and, and beef. So last year, actually, we saw just under a 40% increase in uh, our trade export in, in value. And so it really showcases how big the demand uh, is out there. But the demand's even bigger than that. And, and you know, what's really limiting our ability to uh, access those international markets even further is labor in Canada. And it's not just labor at the processing facilities, but it's actually labor all along the supply chain. So, you know, on the farms, in the transport sectors, in the in the processing uh, facilities. And so we've been advocating for a long time for agriculture-specific solutions. And we were really pleased to see that uh, there was agriculture-specific dollars for uh, a program to be able to enhance those labor shortages. So we were pleased to see that uh, as well. Any major disappointments for you? Well, you know, there, we have been 
uh, asking for a foot and mouth uh, disease vaccine bank. And uh, we know that this, if we ever did um, get FMD within Canada, that it would be an enormous economic risk uh, to our sector and to the Canadian economy uh, as well. You know, we contribute around $21 billion to the Canadian economy and 348,000 jobs. And, and foot and mouth disease would be something that would uh, have very large impacts. And so we've said, you know, to be able to mitigate this, we need to have a vaccine bank. And, um, you know, we, we didn't see that in, in the budget. So it's something that we're going to continue to uh, advocate for uh, very strongly. But also, um, you know, we want to see more investment in, in trade and particularly that technical trade access. Uh, those pieces are, are really uh, important to have boots on the ground, we think, uh, in the region. And so we see Asia as a region where we're going to see the most tremendous growth over the next you know, 10, 15 years. And so we would also like to see government invest uh, in in having trade officers uh, in, in that region. So those are some of our asks that we're going to continue to to keep on asking for. I would note, though, um, <clears throat> that we have been very big advocates of this intersection between environment uh, and, and the economy and noting that agriculture has a huge opportunity here and a lot of benefit uh, uh, for both for for Canadians and and we did see um, in the recent emissions reduction plan that was announced just a week before the budget a uh, billion dollars worth of funding for agriculture and then just short of a billion uh, for nature smart climate solutions so you know two really significant portions of uh, pots of funding that I would say that agriculture can capitalize on and and particularly when we think about the beef industry and grasslands and wetlands that go along with it, um, you know, we, we think that there's some pretty uh, great opportunity there. So, you know, we're really keen to get our heads wrapped around that funding uh, and what it's going to look like and uh, work with our partners that we work with out on the landscape uh, to make sure that those dollars get directed to Canada's beef producers. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you'd like to leave with producers today? Yeah, you know, I, I always say that uh, it's so important for us to be out visiting with politicians because they're the ones who, you know, of course, inform these these budgets that do have very large impacts on our families and on our uh, operations. And so, uh, you know, always encourage folks to connect with their MLAs and with their MPs and really showcase, uh, you know, what an amazing industry the Canadian beef industry is. So uh, always happy to work on behalf of Canada's beef producers. I've been talking with Fawn Jackson. Fawn is Director of Policy and International Affairs for the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Dairy Farmers of Manitoba will be hosting spring meetings this month. An event will take place April 19th at the Days Inn Winkler. 
and another event April 21st at the Pat Porter Active Living Center in Steinbach. And looking ahead, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a fence and water solutions workshop June 1st. The cost is $30, and you can register on the MFGA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, joining us now is Keystone Agricultural Producers General Manager Brenna Mahoney to comment on yesterday's provincial budget. You know, Corey, I, uh, you know, Cap is pleased. There was a lot of things there that we've been advocating for for some time um, that that came up. I think that just a couple of things to note that stand out right away, of course, is the continuation with the 10-year commitment in the reduction and then removal of uh, the education property tax. So you'll see this year um, it's at 37.5% is the reduction, and the next year, um, it's at a 50% reduction rate, and we're pleased with that. It's, it's not the target that we had initially thought was going to happen, but what we're seeing from this budget is there's that commitment to, to keep that going, and we understand um, because in light of COVID and other impacts, uh, we think that this recovery plan that the, that the government has put forward is something that we can, we can see progress in that commitment and also recognizing that it's been a challenging year for, for everyone with, with COVID, right? So that stood out right away. Um, I think the other uh, aspect of what CAP's been working on as well in lobbying for, this came from the Manitoba Young Farmers, was the child care subsidy for the $10 a day child care. Um, we're really pleased to obviously see that commitment. We already knew that that was going to be coming. So that was a highlight for us that yet again is something that we've been asking for. Um, one other aspect, you know, labor is a huge file for agriculture, absolutely massive. And, you know, that focus on building the economy, we all share that priority. One thing in there that stuck out to us was the $5 million to strengthen immigration programming to help attract newcomers. We think that's a really great start. Um, I'm sure you're aware that there's a new Immigration Advisory Council that's been struck just this past year. And we're really hoping to see that the findings of that committee will we'll see that in future budgets because we would like to see more investment go into labor and immigration programs. So I think that's just a note that we're pleased to see it there, but are hoping to see more in the future. Um, something as well, and this is just going yet again with labor. The 2021 strategy for the skills, talent, and, and knowledge. So, you know, we've been waiting for that to be implemented. Uh, there's a lot in there yet again regarding labor um, that and workforce. That is, is what we're working on, and, and we're lobbying not only provincially but federally on labor. So we're really happy to see that strategy come into effect within this budget because um, there's some key pieces in there that um, we like to see, which is around retention, training, um, you know, making sure that we're attracting new young workers from not only here in Canada, but from around the world. Infrastructure was another aspect, too, of course, that really stuck out to us here at CAP. You know, farmers rely on having safe, efficient rails, uh, rail systems and roadways and, and all of that. Uh, we have to get product out of the province of Manitoba. So there is, I think it was $403 going directly just to highways, um, which made us, uh, we were pleased to see that. And that's something that's going to have to continue year over year. Um, I think overall there were no surprises in the budget, Corey. I think that, you know, this is a recovery plan. So I think that that was communicated and came across really clearly. Um, you know, even around environment, we 
you know, we, we recognize the province wants to hit some federal targets, we're going to probably want to see some more dollars put towards adoption of innovation. That's something that we didn't quite see in this current budget year. So, you know, around climate change and, and you know, uh, sustainability, if growers are, like, you know, Mantua farmers are going to be adopting these new technologies, then we're really going to have to make sure that uh, there are dollars set aside to help with that adoption and implementation of new technologies and, and innovative ways to, to grow pro uh, crops more sustainably. So we're hoping that'll come in future budgets. But overall, we're pleased, and uh, I think that we're all just ready to get to work on and, and start implementing some changes uh, this year and, and building a, a better, stronger Manitoba going forward. Brenna, was there anything else you wanted to highlight? Or? I think, you know, overall, this is uh, a challenging year for everybody. And, you know, with growers at the drought of last year, we had seen that commitment from the government, and that was reflected in the budget of this year with, with agriculture as well, that, you know, there's so many things that are happening, lots of disruption. There's been floods and fires and drought and, and all of those things that take place. So, you know, I think that we're just ready to dig into 2022 and get to 2023 and, and look for more stability in a, in a world right now where there's a lot happening. So overall, we're happy with where the budget landed. That was Brenna Mahoney, General Manager with Keystone Agricultural Producers, joining us to comment on yesterday's provincial budget announcement. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Manitoba government unveiled its 2022 budget yesterday. Here's Ag Minister Derek Johnson. We're going to continue our investment. Uh, you know, in rural Manitoba, you've probably seen a lot of investment in our uh, infrastructure, our roads. That'll be a, a $1.5 billion over three years we've committed to. And I think we all realize how important it is for um, producers to get their product to market. And invasive wild pigs was a key topic discussed last week at Manitoba Pork's AGM. Dr. Ryan Brook with the University of Saskatchewan spoke on the issue. So Saskatchewan uh, has more than half of all the wild pigs that we found across Canada are in Saskatchewan. Especially in the east central Saskatchewan, there's one major hotspot that we know has more wild pigs than the rest of Canada combined. The problem for Manitoba is that hotspot is literally right on the Manitoba border. And so Manitoba is doing things and moving this forward and talking about it. And our discussions today were fantastic about what to do. But uh, Manitoba also has to recognize that pigs can move in from Saskatchewan. And so we need to all be rowing in the same direction and coordinating our efforts to make sure that Manitoba is successful uh, inside the province, but also being good neighbours as well. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll chat with Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.